0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Empower Man Podcast. It's your boy, Mikey G, coming to you live from the free state of Florida. And tonight, we have a very special guest. I know I say that all the time, but all of our guests are very special and are uh, becoming a part of the Empower Man family. Uh, But first of all, I want to introduce only – there's only really one man. And this man's ABC stands for Always Be Closing. He's the man whose definition of a bump is putting one on your forehead. He's the man who makes the ladies of the view go whoopee. He is the founder of Gregonomics. He owns a gas stove. He is the prince of propane. He is the king of kerosene. And he is the god of gas. He is the one and the only. The champion of the Second Amendment. Guns and ammo. Cover model 2023. My boy and yours. Let's give it up for the one and the only. The Patriot. Greg A. Tadora, the first. Sir, how are we doing?
1: Amazing, Mike. Thank you for that. Appreciate it as always.
0: Killing well, I it. Can, Killing I, it. I, I'd really like to thank our current political climate that gives me this great material. I mean, really, <laughs> every day, it's always something. Um, Got to say, our special episode, before we introduce our guest tonight, our episode on Maui was really uh, alarming and enlightening. And yeah. I, uh, if our listeners out there have not had a chance to listen to it, go back and listen to it um we dropped it kind of a last spur of the moment I'm
1: dropping it tomorrow tomorrow yeah
0: yeah because we wanted we wanted to drop the we wanted to drop the the real truth as to what's yeah. going on and our friends over there um uh Jocelyn and she really gave a really first-hand account of what's going on um with with what's what's over there and if you're not like I got angry during it I I was embarrassed and, and appalled and ashamed that um, we we couldn't do better, and to hear the stories of the children, um, the animals, and um, you know the people that lost everything. Greg, I mean you were you were on top of it.
1: Yeah, I'm. Once again, Mike said it. We're super grateful for Jocelyn. She really gave us a, a boots on the ground experience and unfiltered truth of what was going on, firsthand account as well as her friends. So um, we're happy to shed some light on some actual truth instead of what we're seeing in basically every channel
0: and greggy t we're gonna have those organizations posted on our web our website and our, our youtube page so we encourage everyone to chip in yeah. um we got something for everyone over there uh and greggy t i gotta say before we get started that is a heck of a scenery you have behind you it's freedom baby yeah a little but bit no, of freedom not people not many people know you're like bob via like you are mr home improvement <laughs> mr I home mean,
1: depot <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I mean, with inflation, that probably cost you, what, a couple thousand bucks?
1: Yeah, like five Gs. It's cool.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know what, Greg? I can pay for that with my tax dollars because I'm paying $36,000 plus interest at $500 a month. So, sign me up. <laughs> and before we get started, want to give a shout out to our boys, our men and women in blue, our cops, our firemen, our EMTs. They keep our community safe. Uh our local, federal, national, city, municipalities. We love you all. Be safe. Thank you for everything that you do.
1: Absolutely, and thank you to all the military personnel out there here at home and overseas. Stay safe, and thank you to the families for providing us the platform to do this. So thank you.
0: Yeah. And, and Greggy T and I have some really great stuff coming up. We have a great uh, partnership with nine line that Greg mentioned. That's going to be coming down the pike and we'll give you guys and girls and everyone listening um, more information on where you can start getting some empower man apparel. Um, Greggy T has a new office that he built. Great job with that, Greg. It looks Thank awesome. You. I can barely na- nail a hammer into a, 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 a stud <laughs> beam. So the fact that I can't even stay in the lines when I color, that's why I never had coloring books. In the there channel. you go. Um, But um, you actually make Gregonomics work for you, you know. So we'll have a whole episode devoted to Gregonomics. (laughs) Um, That's a new word that came out today, folks. So uh, (laughs) check your Barnes & Noble or Amazon for the hardcover copy of Gregonomics. (laughs) But Greggy T., where'd you get that hat and that shirt?
1: This is GBRS Group. They came out with a Patriot edition. So um, very limited run, picked it up. Big fan of theirs. Big fan of their knowledge transfer, as they call it. You know, weapons, safety, family, everything, clearing rooms. They're the best guys out there. They make the best gear. So thank you, fellas.
0: Awesome. And thank you, Greggy T, for always bringing that to light. Um, I know we got some partnerships coming up with the Danny Dietz Foundation. Correct. You have been doing that. And we're going to partner with uh, Noble Critters down the road. Correct. So we've got a lot of great, good, good stuff going on. Yep. Uh, but you know, now that we got that out of the way, it's time for the main event. He's one of my closest friends in the entire world. He made my DC experience uh, a wonderful time, showed me around, gave me the lay of the land, and to have him here on this platform is a tremendous honor because people see him on TV. Uh, He was on Fox, Fox Business, Newsmax, Fox News. Um, He's a Republican strategist, businessman, lawyer, and communications professional, um, he's gone to the University of Virginia where he got his Juris Doctorate. He got his Master's of Public Policy at Northwestern University. Um, ma- actually, no, he went to Duke. Sorry, I'm getting these mixed up. I'll, I'll get it right. I, I'll catch myself for it. He, he has so many degrees. He's like the human climate change. <laughs> so we've got, uh, he, he got um, his, uh, went, to, went, went to Duke University on uh, a Master's of Public Policy. Northwestern University, got his master of Science in Journalism. Went to the University of Mississippi and got his master's in Southern Studies. He's got a bachelor of political, a bachelor of arts in political science uh, at Swarthmore. I'm sure I missed a few things, but the guy is one of the smartest guys I've ever met, and you got to be quick to keep up with him. He's not, at, enough,
1: schools. not, not enough, enough schools, not enough, not enough, underachiever for
0: sure, completely. And this—that's what this show is all about: underachieving. <laughs> uh, former <laughs> contributor at The Hill, Washington Examiner, U.S. News and World Report, and Politico's arena. He wrote a book in 2013 called Hail Mary, the 10-step playbook for Republican recovery. He worked on the John McCain presidential campaign in 2008. He also ran for Florida State Senate in 2020 and 2022. He served under President Trump as a campaign surrogate and is part of the faculty uh, of GW University. Um, He's the only guy I know that's a Patriots fan and an Astros fan. He'll explain that in a minute. Um, He has a decline bench of 275 and does uh, chest and tries usually on Tuesday nights. He's one of my closest friends. He is a, uh, a a leader of the Republican Party and the conservative movement. Um, he's my good friend. Um, I can't say enough good things about him. Mr. Ford O'Connell. Ford, welcome to the Empower Man podcast, sir.
2: I think it's great. I've been watching you guys for a little while now. I'm kind of impressed. I mean, I think you guys really got something here. Plus you're tapping into, uh, how shall I say, how unhappy the American people are with the current media complex. Just
1: so, a little but, bit. Yeah,
2: I, it, you know, I something we didn't even talk about. I actually lived in Maui for a year.
1: Really? Wow. Yeah.
2: See, I'm not surprised. And I ran for Congress, and my bench is way over three fifty. But you know, <laughs> other than that, you know, I, I liked it. sometimes <laughs> you gotta undersell and overdeliver. But I lived in Maui, and you know. It's absolutely incredible how much, and I'm, and this isn't just a Republican and, and Democrat thing. It is amazing how much the media is covering for Joe Biden. I mean, that is the worst presidential response to a disaster in history. The man would rather get on a plane and go to Ukraine than fly to Maui and stay awake while talking about himself with people who've lost their lives, their you know their animals, their homes, you name it. It's truly, truly unfortunate. I mean. It it takes me back to George W. Bush and Katrina. I mean, that looks like a Disney movie compared to what's actually going on. I mean, this is the deadliest wildfire in U.S. history, over a hundred dead, thousands still missing. And where's our media? Oh God, we got to focus on Trump.
1: He fell asleep today while somebody was talking about, I I believe one of their, their, the child that they lost. It's just, it's disgusting. It's disgusting.
2: Greg, it's worse than that. He not only fell asleep during that, but in the same sort of day when he got away from Lake Tahoe and his other vacation in Delaware, he also started to claim that a kitchen fire in his house was the same as these people who'd lost their entire lives. And I'm gonna tell you another reason. Most people don't talk about why what's coming out about Maui will never really come out. And that's because the largest landowners in Maui, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Barack Obama, dare I say, are invested in his reelection, and unfortunately, this is what happens in politics. And this has been politicized because people really don't know what's going on. And I'm glad you guys are out there talking about it. And, and-
1: I'm I'm going to ask one quick question, Mike. Yeah. Go ahead. It, Go, yeah, let's it, it directly yep. relates to what you just said. How do you stay motivated and not get derailed with the continuation of just bad decisions and negativity? Which what's going on? How do you stay focused?
2: Because I believe that our the American experiment is the greatest thing in the history of the world. And you have to go out there and fight. Sometimes you have to take things that are stumbles and turn them into stepping stones. If, if I'm not out there fighting, it's very hard for the average man and woman to get up in the morning and continue along. So I recognize what I do is a very small thing, but it's also about motivating others because A lot of times CNN, MSNBC, sort of the mainstream media won't talk about things. And if guys like me aren't pushing the narrative, sort of like Hunter Biden is a great example. You know, people say, oh, well, Hunter Biden, that has nothing to do with Joe Biden. I'm like, no, the Hunter Biden saga is a Joe Biden scandal. But if you don't connect the dots for people because they've got lives, they've got kids, you know, they only have 30 seconds each day for the dissemination of information. You got to keep fighting. And it's unbelievable how good the Democrats have gotten at playing word games and in making sure that they know exactly how little time the average American has for anything outside of their kids, their family, and their neighborhood.
1: Mike always says that they're the best at the spin game. They are the best.
2: Oh, they they are better than Vince McMahon in the WWE. I mean, I'll be <laughs> totally honest with you. I mean, they'll start creating words. They'll reimagine words while I'm in the middle of a heated debate on TV, <laughs> and then I'll forgot forget what I got mad about.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. But my favorite word is "circle back." That's my True. favorite. That was my that was my favorite when when Jen Psaki. By the way, she could not hold a candle to Kaylee McEnany. Kaylee McEnany. Oh,
2: absolutely she, not. She the can't, best,
0: the best. But you
2: also got to realize that the White House correspondence are also in on it. That's what's truly unfortunate, is yeah. the people whose job it is to tell us the news are really the biggest Democrat activists of them all. And I think that is where Americans are getting short-shifted. And, but trust in mainstream media is falling, and that's why podcasts are on the rise and, and you know, short-form reporting and everything yeah. else. So hopefully Americans will know where to get their news. My concern is between the Chinese and the way the Google algorithm's are um going that if americans don't figure out what is real before this ai revolution takes over we're all going to be in trouble because that's going to be the true enemy from within
0: that's a, I mean yeah that's that's spot on i, I mean you know we were just uh, greg and i were, were talking about maui in our last episode and the fact that they couldn't give out water in cliff bars because it wasn't verified was beyond I, I mean, these people are dying. How could you not give out a, a bottle of water or a cliff bar? I mean, just for basic food. And like, it, it. It. I was so angry because the president of the United States, and Greg, you could you know, probably agree with me on this one. When I was a kid growing up, like Ronnie Reagan was the guy. And Nancy Reagan was out there doing say no to drugs. And Ronnie Reagan was the man. Like, that's my guy. Ronnie Reagan's my guy, right? And like, everyone just like, I don't know. It was just like, You had the best interests of kids in mind and everyone had the best interests of each other. And all of a sudden now you have this great divide. And it's been like this. I mean, when I was with you in DC, I remember when Trump won, people were crying. They were crying, Greg, literally in tears when Trump won the next day, they were in tears.
2: Well, the sad part is that we are in the age of rage and we forget that Americans that have differing opinions are not the Chinese Communist Party. They're not the Soviet military. We have to remember that. But unfortunately, people are monetizing rage. And that is where we are. I mean, you're seeing it in the mainstream media. I mean, look, why else are we talking about Trump indictments in all reality? Now, the Democrats will say he's worse than Stalin and Hitler. That is absolutely insane. Even if you disagree with Donald Trump, to call a former president of the United States, something like that just shows me that we're in Looney Town. Uh I mean, that is where we are. We're in Looney Town, and at the same time, you'll talk about things like pronouns, or this, that, and the other, and at the end of the day, it's about what's age-appropriate. But, you know, if you're a Trump supporter, you're told you're being in a cult by someone who is also telling you in the same sentence that men can have babies. It is truly, truly unfortunate what's happened to this. And I feel that when we lose our national unity, and we are real close to losing our national unity, I don't know that the great American experiment, our constitutional republic, can stand what is going on internally. Not to mention what's going on with AI, the Chinese, et cetera.
1: How much time do you think we have left? You know, and I want to know your thoughts on Vivek because uh, I saw a really good podcast with him the other day. And he said, we don't have 20 years left of this if things don't change now, because obviously you have to do it now to affect the next five, 10 years. And I agree with him that we we don't have 20 years, in my opinion. What's your opinion?
2: Look, I try to be an optimist on that point because you don't want to be pessimistic the entire time and always Mm -hmm. talking about doom. But I, I do fear because... Again, we goes back to the AI. It goes back to the plans that the Chinese have with the Belt and Road strategy. It also goes back to what Democrats do. There's this thing that it's okay now to trash America. There is no question that Lady Liberty can be improved. But at the same time, this is the greatest game going in the world. There's a reason. Why millions of illegal immigrants are trying to break into the United States. 14,000 a day. It's the most racist country on earth. <laughs> it's because they know they're going to get to stay, and they'll be able to take advantage of benefits that are meant for American citizens. We have the greatest game, and we're letting it go because we're saying, well, America was never that great. Are you kidding me? You tell that to anyone else in the U.N., and they will tell you privately, it's the best darn thing still going.
0: Just in New York City alone, I heard today, Randall's Island is now going to be the largest adult shelter anywhere in the area. They're getting three free meals a day, snacks. They're getting a menu while kids are playing soccer in the background. And Greg has two little children. I mean... What's going to happen with that migrant influx that goes further up the line, especially in New York? I mean, you know, at my hometown in the Hudson Valley, they're starting to feel it. And there's a tuberculosis outbreak from what I heard. People have with TB are starting, you know, have been so, diagnosed up there. Yeah, so, I'm sure
2: Greg, well, I'm sure Greg's heard it, but I think that there's something that really encapsulates all of this. And that's that new song, uh, Richmond, uh, Richmond, North yeah. of Richmond. Yep. And, it, and that's exactly the point. America seems to care about everybody else in the federal government other than Americans yeah, yeah. I think that is the problem and I, and I don't know whether that's from the schools whether that's from the media I'm sure it's from all of them but this is why the Chinese Communist Party and the and the Russians are just licking their fingers because they love all of this
1: I would I mean, be loving this I would just be getting my popcorn and and watching them implode and just feed amongst themselves and, and, and destroy themselves and just wait, just wait and lay back.
2: Well, and I think that, you know, you also see what happened to Democrats that actually cared about the first amendment. What happened to Democrats that were actually suspicious of government control? And what happened to Democrats who were suspicious of extending our military abroad? All of those things seem to be gone. And there's certain things, obviously, in the Republican Party that could be a lot better. But those are sort of bedrock principles that unified us as Americans. And now that is completely gone. In a lot of ways, they have reimagined it, if you will. And what they've reimagined is America going straight to hell.
0: That's my favorite word, reimagine. Agreed. You know, we had uh, Greg's childhood uh, friend on, who's now the mayor of Tempe, Arizona. Uh, shout out to Mayor Corey Woods. Great guy. And you know, we try to provide a platform for everyone because there's men, women, everyone is listening to this. So what we try to do is we're just two regular guys. Open platform. Open platform so people can be informed and make the best decision that's best for them. Now, if someone wants to vote for what's going on, that's your First Amendment privilege. I'm not here to judge. But we want to give both sides of the spectrum with no judgment and no bias.
2: Yeah, look, I I think that that's smart. That is a dying... I mean, that is really the basis of America, that I can go out there under the First Amendment, you know, petition my government for redress and also say things. And and that's the marketplace of ideas. And you can choose what you like and what you don't like. But just do me a favor when you go into that ballot box, be as informed as you possibly can be. Because Greg asked that question. An uninformed citizenry is going to be our demise. And it was Thomas Jefferson who made that exact point. And I think that that is where we go. And now that people say, well, it's really not that important. This election, that election, the past election, everything is like a little paper cut. Yep. And if you, you know, you don't see it in the moment, but the totality of it is what really
1: concerns me. Little pinpricks will eventually just sink the boat. That's exactly right.
0: Uh, we're going to bring it back a little bit, Ford, because you are a right. You are you are very well established in the Republican Party, and you are very well established on TV. And you know, we always try to get like the 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 who behind the why. So we're going to peel the layers back here, Ford, and I want to ask you some questions about uh, growing up. You lived in different states, right? You were you were born in Texas, correct? I was actually
2: born in New York
0: City, Mike. New York. Never I, I, let that yeah, one out. We never let that one out i always uh, forget let me tell you something
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna mike is usually on point with his stats mike you're getting fucked up Rocked tonight you were getting rocked
2: but you but you know what you ask a great question Mike. (laughs) i've been lucky because i've literally lived in every single region of this country that is where i have been most privileged as an individual living in new york living in new york city growing up you know going to middle school in texas my parents in Florida, even though divorced, et cetera, Washington, D.C., and a little time in Boston, Massachusetts, where I took the bar. You know, I, I was lucky that I got to go New England, mid-Atlantic, southeast, southwest, west coast. I even worked in the DA's office in Los Angeles, uh, also worked in uh, DA's office in Mississippi. I mean, in understanding the regional differences in this country, is really what makes this country special. You know, you listen to a lot of people say, oh, Europe's better, or such and such is better. And I'm going to tell you, unless you got to leave the coastal elite places, even Miami, as much as I love Miami, you got to leave your Miamis, your New Yorkers, San Francisco's, your LA's, even your Chicago's, go into the interior. And that's the last great hope that I have for America are the people that live there because even if they disagree with you, they're respectful. And they don't just tell you how they feel. They also give you a reason why. And you can disagree with me. Just give me a great reason why, and then that's your right as an American.
1: It's, it's tremendous that you had the opportunity, like you said, to grow up in all those different places. It's gotta, it's gotta really help you nowadays with what you do. It's got, I mean, you have the open, open mind.
2: Well, you, you, I think the number one thing, if I really on that front, is be a sponge for knowledge. And what I mean, you know, you, you say, "Well, oh, I get it." oh you know, try to learn everything. Again. Learn how things work, because life's not fair, and eventually you're going to need to know how to do something on the fly. And the best thing you can do with your free time is learn about something that you're not comfortable with. The problem that I see in today's mm. education. Is they only want to teach people to excel at one skill you know being that i'm roughly the same age as mike i don't know where you are
1: greg on that same yeah same yeah
2: but we we (laughs) grew up in a time where being well-rounded was valued
1: yes yeah you You know three sports
2: it's not. So, you know, it was one thing you'd have to know how to throw a football. You'd have to be able to use a stud finder to find a stud in the wall. You yeah, have Mike. to be able to fix your car long enough to get it to the gas station. <laughs> These are important things, but unfortunately we've lost all of this because <laughs> now it's all about how well can I code and how well can I use TikTok? And if you can't use both of them, be damned.
1: I'm going to put you on a spot real quick. What's your favorite place to live? If you had to choose one,
2: you want to know what it's—it's it's about two things, and I'm not trying to dodge it because I'm going to tell you it's Florida <laughs> yeah. overall. Okay. But what I'm going to say is—is is that the best place to live in the, in this country depends on two things: one, what stage of your life are you in, That's and two, where else have you been? That's because true. you know, I—I I remember Mike new york city manhattan's the best and i'm like bro i get it i get it my old man's from long island i was born there i got it (laughs) you gotta see other things and i was so happy when i tried to convince him to go to florida because i think it really opened his eyes and look we're in the heyday of florida this is the greatest time in the history of florida since it became a state in the 1840s. I'll agree and with I that. Just hope our politicians, particularly in our state legislature, understand where we are in the pecking order and and use it to build Florida for the future. And unfortunately, I'm not seeing that, particularly on the insurance side. And I'll tell you, as a governor, I think Ron DeSantis is the greatest governor of Florida's ever had. I will tell you that straight up. At the same time, though, I'd like to see him focus. On property insurance there's some things i'd like to see him do that are about building and in south florida we've got the chance to be the hub of the universe when it comes to global trade and to also be using certain uh what i would call skill schools to help people develop themselves and their family there is a lot to be done in south florida and unfortunately because of the partisan bickering in south florida i hope we don't miss that window
1: I don't know if you know this. I went to FAU in Boca, and I was a swimmer there. My mom lives up in Hobe Sound, so I'm down there quite often. And speaking on the the insurance issue down there, is is there any end in sight? Are people really like diligently working hard to find a solution? Because it is a mess. No, they're not.
2: They're not. And that's that's reasons. sad. There's two reasons for that. One, without getting deep into the weeds. Yeah. One is our state legislature only meets basically 60 days a year. And I am an anti, I don't ever believe that more government's better. What I will say, though, when it comes to Florida, we have some very real issues that require a full-time state legislature. We know hurricane season. We're Mm -hmm. right in the midst of it. Yep. Okay. You gotta be on call. We don't need to be scrambling people to Tallahassee. We gotta go, go, go the second it hits and we don't know when it's gonna hit or even if it's gonna be hit, we have to be prepared. But when it comes to property insurance, this is the biggest problem. Basically, the entire country is being funded by two places, South Florida and Long Island. That can't continue because unfortunately, the rules in Florida make it such that people will will file frivolous lawsuits Till the cows come home. We have 70% of the frivolous law cases when it comes to property insurance in the country and something like, i just off the top of my head, 10 to 12% of the claims. We've got a real problem. And unfortunately, this has been going on. It's not just Ron DeSantis' fault. I like Rick Scott. He developed the hurricane playbook. Mm-hmm. God bless Rick Scott. The man's learned how to talk about two things. He
1: did well during some of those hurricanes. He I was fantastic. That. He's yeah. the
2: one who developed the hurricane playbook. Yeah. You couldn't go anywhere. United States Navy hat, blue shirt, khaki pants. I know he's being serious. Somebody should actually put Joe Biden in that, and I might take him seriously and he falls asleep. But but on that point, that is what we have to fix because we've got such a precious place. And then after that, we're going to have a little bit of a a water quantity issue. That's going to be the next thing coming down the pipe. I know that folks in Palm Beach and in Southwest Florida understand that, but that's a really big problem going forward. But you know, everyone's still talking about green energy, which helps me bring it back to Maui for a second. Mm -hmm. When people find out, and it will not be for a year or so, but when people find out how social justice led to another 20, 30, 40 percent of Maui burning for no good reason, that's really going to anger some people. I want people to wake up. You know, no one wants to destroy the water or the air. We have to be respectful of that. But at the same time, We have to make sure that people flourish because people flourishing is the most important job along with public safety for our government.
1: Last question on the insurance down there. Why is nobody working on it considering the potential long-term problems that it's causing? I don't want to get in trouble and have this replayed
2: one day, but I'll just be honest. Ah. The incentive isn't there because the lobbyists are going to make sure they don't fix it. But I will tell you, it is such a massive problem and gone on for so long that I don't know if we're at the point of no return. And this this is a major, major issue and it's gonna cause a lot of people, maybe, hopefully not, that came to Florida because of the free state of Florida during COVID. I just hope they don't leave and go to East Texas or Sedona, Arizona or wherever it may be because now we have that critical mass to really take Florida to the next level. I mean, I'm so happy about Florida overall it's almost, I, I get as giddy as I felt watching Miami Vice in the 1980s. Greatest show and ever. And wow. Greatest wow. show ever. I wow. love you now for that. Wow. Wow. Well, my, Miami Vice, I'll tell you one more on that front. When the MVP is <laughs> Bloodline, I will tell you the views of the Florida Keys, Bloodline. there is nothing more special than the Florida Keys. And it's just such Agreed. a privilege to be able to drive down there and see them. And there's a, how should I say,
1: a, Few nice watering holes in Key West. Just a That's, few, just a few.
0: And by the way, take, we
1: used to take the motorcycles down there all the time. It's the best ride ever, best.
0: And Ford, you owe me a trip down there too.
1: I do owe you. I do owe
0: you a trip.
2: Look, <laughs> I love Florida, but I, I but our issues that we have in Florida focus on the property insurance, and that you've got to give the legislature a reason. The problem is yeah. Florida now has full, you know full time problems, and the reason why says if you remove Florida from the United States of America, I think we'd be the twelfth biggest uh, country by GDP. You know, I'm okay with that? You well, know, look, I, I don't want to get into the. the I'm okay with that. Talk, I'm okay
0: with that. But at the same
2: time, that is that that's what I mean, and you know, you can't do that unless you're going to be disciplined like the Texans were, and their and how they set up their state government. Because remember, they were a country before they were a state. So they kind of understand unfortunately the growth in Houston and Dallas and Texas has gotten to such a point that they're going to have to rethink how they do some things because unfortunately, Texas is another great place. And you know, the liberals are like locusts when they destroy something, they want to come and they're just going to reset the same local laws back to where they were in San Francisco or, or Chicago. You know, I saw this. The craziest is I saw this, where was I, my wife in uh, Bozeman, Montana. And I realized all the people in Bozeman, Montana. I walked in there and I said, Oh my God, this is the new San Francisco. Yep. Because here oh. I see this beautiful place. Told and you like already tell the people are gonna destroy it unless they uh do well. But I'll say it. one of the guys who used to work for me or work with me, whatever we want to say, he's now the county commissioner of Yellowstone. Look him up, Bill Todd. He's got a future in Montana politics. Awesome
0: and I want to say this too, because this probably is not a known fact Ford ran for state Senate during COVID 2020. And he was That was U that, that S Congress.
2: U S US Congress. U S Congress.
0: U S Congress. Congress. I stand corrected. I I apologize. I can't
2: believe I took money from you now.
0: Well, <laughs> no, that's all right. Because you know what? And I want to say this, I want to say this because, you know, a lot of politicians, you know, they, they, I think the, what they portray, you know, kind of perceptions reality, but, Ford is one of the most selfless human beings I've ever met. He's such a giving, uh, kind person that he actually donated the money that was raised in his campaign to local charities. And I think that should be really, really applauded because you don't see that a lot in politicians and in people in general. And Ford, I just want to say, as one of my closest friends, Um, I I really commend you for that. I think that was a great thing you did, man. Well, I I think that
2: that's one of the... I appreciate that, Mike. Thank you very much. I just think that people, you know they're willing to send, and it's not a knock on Ukraine or what's going on. People are willing to send money to Ukraine. you got problems in your own neighborhood and the stronger your neighborhood is, or your subdivision, your condominium, whatever it may be, the better off life for you will be overall. And unfortunately, you've got food pantries in South Florida, you've got places that need blood. It's a very, very simple thing. Help If you help your family and you help your neighbors, Then your community will be much much stronger and everyone's too focused on what's going on in washington or what's going on in tallahassee remember the most important person with influence on your life wherever you live is your county commissioner and if you want to hold somebody's feet to the fire hold their feet to the fire regardless of what party they're from
1: good advice
0: that's awesome, and you said community forward, and that's what Greg and I have been able to bring. We're in like different countries now. We got we got fans in Belgium, India, Germany, England, Canada. I mean, it's crazy when we look at the the viewership uh, of who's listening to us. It's actually really cool, and we try to bring that community for men and women, and we talk about yeah. things that like that we go through, like anxiety, self worth, depression, finances, relationships, and one of the things that we wanted to do is step into the election? Because undoubtedly next year, Ford, and I think you'll agree with me on this, next year is the most important election of our lifetime. Is that pretty safe to say?
2: You know, people have been saying that for such a long time. I think we now really are at that point. And it didn't just happen because of the last couple of years. It happened. You know, everything moves, you know, in rhythm over time. But the fact that, you know, regardless of what you think of Donald Trump, I think it's is the best way to understand this. The idea that you're going to indict on multiple occasions in federal and in state court the leading opponent—I mean, if that doesn't set off alarms, I don't know what does—and it, it's very, very concerning for me. You know, I. My, I don't know if you ask, it. but, you know, I've worked with the Trump administration. He had to tell you a lot of stuff I've done on that front. You know, as a situational spokesperson, I've been in the Roosevelt Room. I've been to Mar-a-Lago. I've heard firsthand from the man, and I get it. He may not be everyone's cup of tea, but the reason why I like him is, is the idea that if he doesn't know something, he's willing to learn and learn on the fly. The other thing, though, is is. You got a lot of people in there like Vivek Ramaswamy, like, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis, a few folks like that. The problem I have is they have no idea what hell they're about to get into, because I will say this about the Democrats. I will tell you they're a bit, much better in the talking game. And I'll tell you something else. They fight legitimately like the Viet Cong and in ways you haven't even seen, <laughs> whether it comes to challenging ballots or everything else. And, you have, and I, I, in a lot of ways, I'm not trying to pick on them. I tip my hat to them. But at a certain point, you've got to realize why the other side is so frustrated.
1: Let me ask you this. Do you think it's <clears throat> doing Florida a disservice that he's governor and running for president?
2: I think at this stage, yes, I do think okay. that that is the case because we have problems like insurance, et cetera. Yeah.
1: This is Donald
2: Trump's nomination to lose I'm going to be totally honest. With you. Barring a seismic event that could happen, because Lord knows the Democrats are trying to gin one up, but barring a seismic event, he is going to be the Republican presidential nominee. I mean, his America First policy, he's not only driving the messaging, he's also driving the policy. And frankly, people are open to someone else, but what they're really looking at is. Can you turn the corner, push back like Trump? And do you truly understand the America first suite of policies, whether it's illegal immigration, whether it's China, things that we're really not talking about in the news. What we're talking about in the news now is like uh, uh, who's Jerry Springer. I mean, who said what to who on this word? And, and unfortunately, it's doing a disservice to all of our communities in the more than 3,000 counties in this country.
1: Who's going to be his VP then?
2: That is a great question. The VP nominee, there's going to be a lot of different people. I think this debate that we're going to see in a couple of days, the first Republican presidential debate, that's an audition for the vice presidency or cabinet positions. And I think that, you know, Vivek, someone that you talk about, I'm not as sold on Vivek as a lot of other people. I respect what he's done. I respect Mm -hmm. the way he's improved his profile. He's got to show me more than just one lap around the track how you're doing. But, I, there yeah. some other, you know, but there are some, other people. I'll tell you, there's some that aren't even on that stage that may wind up there. Christy Nome out in South Dakota may wind up as well. But it, it's all about, remember with Trump, you're, also, you're not just the vice president. You're also the super press secretary. And if Kamala yeah. Harris showed us anything, the vice president is important from a messaging standpoint as the president.
1: Where the hell has she been? Not that I want to see her or hear from her. Where has she been? Christy Gnome? No. Um oh, Kamala, Kamala,
0: yeah.
2: Kamala. <laughs>
1: they don't want to
0: cut that one Christy Nome's <laughs> and Sturge yeah.
1: is riding. I respect yeah, that. I love that's
0: it. That's my next move is my I'm my next move is South Dakota. So yeah. I'm already yeah, I'm there.
2: Look, Vice President Harris is a great example of what happens when the media puffs someone along so long that they're not equipped to do the job that they've been technically elected to do and you know she's just what happens when a media creation goes so, same with pete buddha oh, I mean, judge not about geez. whether pete buddha oh. judge is gay or not that has zippo to do with it <laughs> what it has to do was you just were the mayor of south bend indiana i had more votes in my primary than you got to be the mayor of south bend indiana and now you're in charge of transportation and you don't know who this is what happens this is sort of what they mean by equity when you rush someone along without proving along the way that you can do the job.
0: You know, one guy that we did not mention, and I'm going to throw it out there because there's a correlation between your past, Mr. Ford. You were the man behind the Project Virginia initiative, and I'd like for you to elaborate a little bit more on that, but Glenn Youngkin is someone that I feel can come in and kind of like work their way in, brother, and possibly get into the race. What are your thoughts on Glenn Youngkin? And also talk about your project the project virginia initiative that you uh helped help establish yeah
2: project virginia is much more interesting from an entrepreneurial perspective this was back in 2009 i want to say yeah 2009. remember barack obama just swept into the white house republicans were as downtrodden as ever the democrats had the house they had the senate oh. they were told they were going to be in the political wilderness for the next hundred years people were looking for something to believe in so at the time my business partner and i uh we got together with the virginia republican party and said look you got to take back the state house because a man named bob mcdonald was running for governor at the time on the republican ticket i said bob's got his hands full because virginia is no longer a red state it's a blue state and the reason is because the federal government keeps getting bigger you know dc they all live in northern Virginia." southern maryland you name it when the federal government gets bigger that means that maryland and virginia get bluer and at the time i had all these state house candidates state senators they wanted to take back the state house and state senate they did but part of it was i had to teach them how to use websites these guys and gals didn't know how to use website they didn't know twitter well now it's x but it was twitter then (laughs) they didn't know how to use facebook i mean it's like wrestling they did not know how to brand themselves particularly online, because most people don't, you know, most people barely tell you who's running for president or that there's a debate on Wednesday. Okay. Nobody can tell you any of that, but at the same time, they don't pay attention to the local politicians. And when we started this, I was explaining how the local politicians are the ones that are the most important in terms of your everyday life, maybe outside of the Supreme court.
0: Have other states been able to adapt what you did in Virginia to like their states that they've been able to? They
2: try, but the Democrats are, you know, and this is not don't give up, but the Democrats control Austin, Texas. The Democrats control Silicon Valley. So we are always going to be two steps behind. And then what happens is you get a lot of Republicans that get frustrated, particularly mega donors who will throw out money because they hear words that they like the viral button or whatever it may be without understanding it and that's that's the reason why we're always playing catch up. People say it's cuz you lack ideas. We don't lack ideas. We lack connecting. I'll give you a great example. The Hunter Biden sort of saga, only 47% of Americans actually know about that.
0: Wow. Come that's on. scary. That's not getting it.
2: That's the media research center. That was um, that's scary last month because, you know, folks like you talk about the view. I've been on TV many times with Joy Behar. I know that's probably not going to go over well with a lot of people, but I've been on you know TV many times with Joy Behar. And I'll tell you, they know exactly how to make sure people don't talk. If you look at a CNN viewer versus a Fox News viewer, and I mean, like primetime where it's opinion shows, they don't even know that they're the same issues other than inflation. And then when they say it's inflation, well, it's not Joe Biden's fault. It was Donald Trump's fault. You look at the numbers going, are you kidding about that?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I have a quick thing I just thought of. You mentioned earlier, just because I have ADD and I'm all over the place. You worked in the ADA's office in 1994 in Los Angeles, didn't you?
2: It was in the 2000s but living in santa monica (laughs) my god you ever seen that you ever seen that building with a bachelor they do they first started doing the rose ceremony i lived (laughs) in that building that's awesome (laughs) it was beautiful i mean i'll tell you about santa monica one of the greatest places i've ever been that i never want to do again it Uh... was beautiful california is a gorgeous place Just let me remove all the people live there and bring in my friends and it will be a wonderful wonderful place but i live there it was really important to sort of see you're talking about the number one gang affiliated area in the country you're sort of seeing the decisions that have to be made and this is long before democrats decided to reimagine the criminal justice system you actually had a republican district attorney in los angeles who wound up losing to kamala harris for attorney general in California, by less than three tenths of a percent. Wow! Now think about that. You start twenty-five to thirty points down as a Republican statewide. They were telling you out loud how bad Kamala Harris really is.
0: Wow! And and did that kind of like your experiences in the DA's office and other other um, like uh, judicial uh, branches that you were able to work in? Did that kind of launch your career into politics? Like, how did you get involved in your first political campaign? It, it
2: can't, it can't well, politics for me. St- politics is the sports of my family in the sense that you know we are talking politics at the table. We are thinking about how something relates to politics. My grandfather was very, very big into supporting conservative cats, particularly out in the state of California and Texas and other places. So it was always in my blood. Mm. The question for me was how was I going to find my way into it other than as a candidate. And one of the things that I quickly realized, which is something you all are doing with this podcast is, is that I decided that I wanted to be the person who translated the sort of political news of the day into something that was easily digestible, the average person even if they totally disagreed with my opinion on something so it was really about being able to translate politics on the fly so i worked a lot of these campaigns presidential campaigns state local everything as a you know campaign aid is on the campaign team all you know from basically from dog catcher the presidency and essentially i started winning some accolades and awards and one day i won a big award which is like politics kind of like a jv version of the heisman trophy david axelrod had won it carl Rove had one of people you you've heard of and after i won it i get a call from fox news that says hey we'd like to have you on our panel and you know one after another and i mean the first time i had no idea which way the wind blows i mean now i can anchor the show but back then i had I didn't know anything, and, you, and I'm not like these Gen Z kids. I mean, I'm so amazed at these Gen Z kids because they can look at themselves in a picture on the camera, and I'm totally impressed. Now I'd like to tell them, you might want to be able to do, get a little bit better at storytelling and narratives, but you've got a money-making thing right there. They honestly understand how to look on camera. I mean, to this day, I can go on. You know, maybe millions of people are watching. I'll get a little nervous every now and then. And I don't know how many thousands of times I've done this, but it's just the difference of, hey, how am I going to connect now in five minutes or less? How are we going to make it work? What if the other person sucker punches me right out of the gate? What's my next plan of strategy? So it was very interesting. And I learned it from James Brown at Fox Sports when I was playing college football in the 90s. We were out in california playing a game and basically the president of the nfl went to my school and he said all right you and the captains we're gonna go over to fox sports and i went over there and i met james brown i said all right that's Terry bradshaw that's howie long that's ronnie lott i know what they do what is it that you do because that ring on your hand that ain't a super bowl ring it's a harvard ring and he said i take what the analysts say and i turn it into palpable kool-aid for people who may not be football junkies and he told me right then and there, because of that, that sort of synergy and understanding, we're going to talk to the junkies, but we got to talk to everybody else as well. What Fox football, before we had fantasy football, I think went up 40, 40% with, with uh, female viewers. Right then and there, I said, how do I try to do that with politics? Yeah. So that's,
0: that's how cool. I
1: came to be. <clears throat> that's cool. Sure.
0: Ford, um what what do you think is wrong with the republican party and how do you how would you go about fixing it the biggest
2: problem the republican party has is messaging the biggest problem they have is making sure that everyone else truly understands what they're saying and you know people say oh they're tired and they're old let me just tell you the true secret of the two-party system in america political parties are meant to win and lose and they have to reinvent themselves over time and unfortunately republicans are not as good at messaging in the way that democrats are now don't get me wrong the democrats have got most of the mainstream media on their side and therefore the republicans are fighting one arm behind their back and they've got the teachers in school basically calling republicans nazis and fascists or whatever they're calling them today i don't know but we, the, that's the point, and when you tell people that, particularly young people, when they're very malleable, you know, in terms of processing and becoming an adult, it sort of sets in and there's not much we can do about it. That's why I loved what Ron DeSantis was doing when it came to age appropriate, because I used to tell people, I said, when it comes to my school teacher or my camp counselor, whatever it may be, there's two things I should never know about you. One is your political affiliation and the other is your sexual orientation. Outside of that, I don't care because these are young kids. They're going to figure it out. And when they become adults, then they can do whatever they want. But at that time, it's still important to understand that you have to talk about the role of parenting in the nuclear family and why teachers need to defer to parents unless something is totally crazy, like the mother's a junkie, whatever it may be. You have to defer to parents. And unfortunately, that is my concern with today's schools, our government-run schools, our public schools, is that they are not giving credence to both sides of the argument. If there's an argument, there's at least two sides. That would be the number one thing I'd leave you all with on that point.
0: you think messaging was the reason that the Republicans did not win big did not win bigger in the 2022 midterms?
2: Messaging, but I also think the Republicans are behind what we call there's this mechanics in politics that people don't want to talk about. I mean, we hear about it with ballot boxes, ballot harvesting. I could go in all day, your eyes would glaze over. Republicans need to get better at ballot, uh, ballot tactics because if we get down to a one to two point race. I'm concerned that their field goal kicker is going to kill our field goal kicker and our guy is going to choke or our gal is going to choke. And that's really the way to understand it is that Republicans, when it comes to turning out the vote are too busy chasing voters when they should be chasing ballots because ballots win elections, not voters.
1: Very good. I want to switch gears real quick with to the military. How, how do we rebuild? Because we, we're a powerhouse. We're known for it. We have the the best soldiers, and we have really good mid-tier leaders. It's the ones at the top, I believe, are, are the problem, and it, everything starts at the top, in my opinion, and trickles down. They're losing, they're losing key assets in they can't fill, they can't recruit, and the people that are in, that are super elite are just leaving the it's it's just it's the morale is really down how what's the first step in rebuilding that
2: cleaning out the pentagon the you have a set of washington elites that have been in the pentagon and the military industrial complex who are now just doing the bidding of the democratic party and it's truly unfortunate it's not that the democrats don't say are you saying i'm anti-military it's no that's not what i'm saying I'm saying that the the best national security you can have in military you know in defense against the world is a strong military. And unfortunately, the policies that are being pushed in the military right now are not policies that are advantageous to the military 70s, 80s, 90s. You know, we'll call it Vietnam, the Cold War, and even the Cola Wars. The military was doing very, very well because it was a uniform understanding that there's a chain of command. We're going to follow it and we're going to trust our staff sergeants and our NCOs. And we're going to hope that they coach up our lieutenants and our young officers that we can trust the system. Unfortunately, much of the stuff that's going on in the schools is also going on in the military. And that's why you're seeing recruiting lows of all time, I believe, outside of
1: the Marines. How how did the Dems dig into how did they get their their foot in the door with the military on that level? This is washington
2: dc it doesn't matter everyone is a chameleon depending upon who's in charge and then mm-hmm. what they also do i mean i'm not going to speak against general austin or general Milley, even though i don't think they're doing a very good job horrible job horrible, i'll say it. jack Keene guy and some of the others but what i'll say about that is is that these folks wanna stay around Washington. They wanna make sure that they always have a door open to the military industrial complex. Two things are are hurting our military. And one is exactly what you're talking about, the policies, but you're asking how they stay there. This is how they do it. They recycle through different administrations. The other thing that's also hurting the military is we're not allowing for people to understand that the military means job skills. And that the military can be a very very good career particularly when you don't have direction or maybe you're really good uh, you know as a marksman maybe you're really good as a scout but we can also give you something else and i think the military that is the greatest shame that's going on right now maybe after the border but they're Mm -hmm. kind of related when when you think about i also am very very concerned about the military industrial complex dwight d eisenhower talked about this all the time And I am one of these people, I'm not, I know Rand Paul pretty well. I'm not on that Rand Paul level, okay, because I do believe we have to have a strong military and we're going to have to deal with intelligence and certain Mm -hmm. things. My concern with the military right now is we're not building up the right way. We're losing people to your point, but we're also not building up the right way Mm weapon-wise. And we're also, we're burning our munitions left, right, and center in Ukraine. And my concern is China. I will tell you right now, China is the greatest threat to the United States in the 21st century, heck, to the entire world. And it's not in there going to defeat the US, honestly, without ever firing a shot.
1: I'll agree with you 100% on that.
0: I agree. That That's crazy. And Ford, I want to stick with the military motif that Greg started with. You and I watched it as it went down Afghanistan that Sunday morning. Will we ever recover from that? I mean, you see the Gold Star families that are out there, you know testifying in Congress, anger. And as an American, Greg and I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to speak for you, Greg, but I know we're on the same level on this. we I feel their anger. I feel their pain just as a human being. I could not imagine not being able to get closure on the death of my son or my daughter that gave their life so that we could, the three of us could have this platform. Do you think we'll ever recover from that Afghanistan withdrawal?
2: I'm concerned about it. We can always recover. We need to be thinking in a way to turn the stumbling block into a stepping stone and improve. Here's what concerns me, and it's great that you brought up the Gold Star families. I believe that usually in the military with recruitment, sixty or seventy percent of the military comes from people with close or extended family members who serve in the military. That's way down, and when people who were in the military are telling you that they don't want their son or daughter in the military, that should scare everyone to death because this is our front line. These are the people that keep us safe outside of our local first responders and law enforcement. And without them, you know, freedom doesn't exist. And I mean, that's why to this day, Craig doesn't know this. I recently had one of the great experiences, Craig. I was on TV with Lee Greenwood. No way. I was on with Lee Greenwood I'm over there looking like my wife looks at Tay-Tay. I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> I'm sitting there like this. I'm like, my man, greatest song. You don't understand, <laughs> you know, but it's an idea. And that's why I really respect people who talk about that. And, you know, I'm not sure that he even envisioned it going like that, but it is really become an anthem. But, you know, that's why I also uh, the same breath, like the rich men North of Richmond, because it's really talking to you about that. When gold star families, start saying, we're not going to send people to the military. That's where we are. And that's the problem we have. We have to rebuild the trust with military families out. And if you do that, then we can do it. But you have to have, you know, confidence in your leadership, which goes to what Greg's saying. And I, that's why I said, you got to clean the Pentagon out. And that, that really means everyone because you've got to start over.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Ford, uh, you know, keep keep going with this, because, you know, uh, obviously, this is a lot of things that are going to be happening next year, as, as Greg and I and all of us are voters. And, you know, um, education, you know, you saw the, the revolution in Virginia where the parents really took over and really helped Glenn Young can get that that uh, that win in Virginia. How do we fix the education in our schools? Because Greg has two little girls. I may have kids somewhere I don't know about. I, that's why I try to change my number and my email address every couple of years. So maybe there's a Mike Jr. floating around out there. But if I did get that call and say, hey, you put your kids to school, how do we fix the education in our country?
2: We got to start over. That's, that's the
0: problem. I, uh,
2: the teachers' unions run roughshod over our schools. They also run roughshod over the Biden administration. Think about how they said – I I really think it came down to COVID. Yes, parents woke up and said, oh, my gosh, you know, Bobby or Janie is learning X. The other thing is, is you give all this money to the schools and you're like, are you going to open up? Like, no, we need something else. I mean, unfortunately, we have to remember that these are government run schools at the end of the day. And I hate to say that over and over, but it's to make the point that we're not giving our kids the best education. I'm a true believer that the primary road out of poverty runs by the schoolhouse. But I'm also someone who goes, this cannot continue on the road we're on. And in the last 20 years, I mean, the curriculum's down. I mean, forget the pronouns or this, that, or whatever the later deal is. I have an issue with it because you're dealing with people that are very impressionable at a young age what we need to stop teaching politics and we need to go back to teaching the abcs and the one two threes and unfortunately we're doing neither and now i'm finding out that we're going to have to cancel math because somehow it doesn't meet some equity requirement again what do you think the chinese are doing they're laughing because they couldn't believe that anyone could be this stupid and it's truly, truly unfortunate because our nation only goes as far as the next generation. And if the next generation hates Americans and can't read and write, and their jobs have been taken by someone who can work AI, we are in deep, deep trouble.
1: And stand up <clears throat> for the national anthem. I remember doing that since I could go way back. The first day of school, every day. And it's just lost now. It's lost. The Pledge of
0: Allegiance. Remember Pledge the Pledge of Allegiance. Of Pledge not, of
2: allegiance. Let, let's just start with the Pledge of Allegiance. Also, what happened to the globe and the map in the classroom? I mean, people are more likely to be able to point out where France is on the map than they are Iowa. And these are your fellow Americans. Sad. It's a I mean, sad it, state. It,
0: really sad.
2: It is a real problem. And you know, but I agree with you. I think the overall point is some of these things that people say, oh, well, that's just meaningless little thing. You're destroying the brand of the national identity of this country just another
1: pinprick like you were saying before
2: it's all about undermining national unity and I don't want to go crazy right wing and say that's the entire Marxist agenda but in a lot of ways I'm watching that unfold in front of me and it's destroying it and you know you try to explain it to younger generations they look at you like you're crazy and then you have to take something that they like and say look two things life is not fair and things can always get a heck of a lot worse now let's talk about how you want to look forward and the way to look forward is to say you got to keep knocking on the door of success until that door is opened
0: yep. well, you know ford ford knows about my christian journey over the last couple of years and when you take god out of the equation you're seeing all this i think it's the book of james talks about and i've mentioned this before Wherever wherever there is jealousy and self ambition, there you'll find evil and disorder. And I know Ford, you have a, a degree in the, theological studies. I mean, they the Democrats. I I believe, and if I'm wrong, correct me. There is a war against Christian and Jews. Is that pretty fair to say, Ford? You think that yes, was- I,
2: I would absolutely say that there is a war. Jews number one. Yes. no question about it i mean if you look at the top hate crime statistics in the united states you hear about all these things but you don't find fifty 50 roughly 50 percent. i'm just thinking off the top of my head of the hate crimes in this country are against jews so yeah right there let me tell you not to mention what goes on at the u.n with israel now against christianity absolutely because remember that is the entire deal the cancel culture is aimed at one set of people white, straight, Christian. Now, that does not mean that everyone shouldn't be accepted. But that is the entire thing. And the only thing that probably is keeping up Christianity right now is when the Democrats go too far because then Muslims speak up. That may be the only thing really keeping us going, but that's where we are. And, and, you know, look, you have a right not to believe in God. I have a right to believe in God. But I think it goes back to the pinprick. And I think God and country are important. Even if you're someone who's an atheist who believes God's like Santa Claus. Santa Claus served a purpose too when it comes to national unity and keeping your kids at bay until 6 a.m. Christmas morning. So there is always something good to do that. And I think that when you remove God and you remove the idea of freedom in America, that's why I'm really concerned about where we're headed. And, And Ford, you know,
0: Greg and I, we you know, we said it at the beginning of our podcast, which we normally do, we love our military, we love our cops, our first responders, our EMTs. How do we restore law and order in these major cities? Like I, Greg and I talk about this. He's in Connecticut, and you know, we see New York, we see Philadelphia, we see Chicago, Los Angeles. You were there. I mean, dude, these cities are going down the toilet. It's horrible. Like, like no one wants to be a cop there anymore. I just saw on the news the other day, Greg. I think we were talking about this a whole town's police force just quit somewhere in like was it minnesota something like um, that minnesota? but how do we how do we get law and order back in these cities and, and try to obviously voting these people out is number one but i mean what what is it a very
2: simple principle it's a very simple principle when criminals don't fear the consequences you're going to get more crime you don't need to know anything else other than that and unfortunately <clears throat> then throw in this sort of social justice reimagining you know defund the police we didn't really uh-huh. we didn't mean defund well we meant defund at the time but we realized what a terrible yeah. idea that is
1: uh-huh.
2: you know and that is why law enforcement and first responders when they don't feel safe they're not going to do the job i think it's in chicago they're talking about hiring illegal aliens and putting them on the police force
0: i saw that i, saw I
2: mean that. I might as well just let the set of lower cartel run the Chicago Police Department.
1: What a great I mean, idea! The
2: dumbest idea since New Coke, and real people are going to die in this situation.
1: Well, let me ask you this: since you're obviously much well versed in me in this, so let's just. I'm say, just wearing a blazer. Come on. Let, yeah, I was. I told Mike I was going to wear a jacket and I should have. So, <clears throat> Greggy T runs for mayor of New York City. Greggy T wins for some miraculous reason. And, okay, I'm mayor of the city, and I want to Rudy Giuliani it. So I want to search and frisk, all of that stuff, and bring law and order back. It's not that simple, correct? Because now I have the DA and all these other layers that are against me, so I might be pro-law, law and order, but I, my hands are tied. Is that correct?
2: That's exactly right. So this,
1: how do you start? Like you said, you, you vote local, but when does it? when is the breaking point where you can see some sort of forward momentum in the positive way?
2: You know, this is the George Soros project. I know that sounds very right-wing, but this is really what the social justice is about. You've got 70 DAs in this country that you hear often here, but on the conservative side, Soros DAs. They control over 75, 80 million in population. And they are primarily in the east time zone and the west coast, and they are wreaking havoc every which way under the sun. And until nobody, this is the brilliance or horribleness if you will, of the Soros Brain Trust as they figured out that the DAs don't have to respond to anybody, and the only way you can remove them is if you vote them out. Or in Florida, you put them on constitutional suspension, like Ron DeSantis did. I'll never. I'll give you a sick story at this point, Greg. I remember it was all the looting going on in San Francisco. What a beautiful city! It now looks like a fourth world. It, oh, disgusting! It,
0: horrendous! Horrendous! But
2: London Breed, a very liberal mayor, decided. All right enough, you can now slow down the game show. The politics circus has left town. Chase Abodim, who was the DA, Soros DA. You know, London Breed said, all right, stop it. Let's go back to what we were doing. He goes, no, I don't have to listen to you. He's like, he's like I'm the mayor. At this point, even to Greg, that's the whole thing. You've got to understand that you've got certain little local positions that are very, very important. And I will say they are your county commissioners, and your election supervisors, and your district attorneys. That's who you really, and along with your school boards. We worry about our school boards in Florida. My concern is we're too worried about throwing people out of the school boards in Florida and not worried enough about what they bring to the table, because just when you think things can't get worse, they absolutely can.
1: So we continually hear Soros' name, Soros, Soros, Soros. Is there, how does a city like New York recover if the da is not going to play ball with the mayor how do you clean it up is it possible
2: you leave you leave when the tax base is gone then they're in trouble and they're going to wake up unfortunately you know Manhattan in particular all the five boroughs you got the borough presidents. You've also got to deal with the labor unions to become the mayor of New York or the mayor of Gotham. You've got to literally sell your soul to get there, and you have to pick one or two things that you're going to want to do. And the first thing a Democratic mayor is not going to want to do is mess with the teachers unions and and basically mess with the sanitation department Mm -hmm. or whatever electrical union there is. And that, and once you realize that, then you're really truly handcuffed. And I think Eric Adams just kind of was like, "I'm going to run. I'm a former cop. People will believe me when I say it." And then, you know, he doesn't really go after Alvin Bragg in particular, sure. and that causes a problem. But so- what you can fix that by going to the New York City Council and rewriting the laws to give different powers to different people.
1: Now, you said in Florida was a what did Ron DeSantis do? It was a constitutional he suspend
2: he suspended certain uh, district attorneys what are known as county um
1: lawyers is that only allowed in florida or other states each state or? is different each state is
2: different so you can suspend them when you can say it's not are you following what i'm telling you to do are you following the laws that have been written by the duly elected state legislature i mean i think a lot of new york's problems can be fixed in albany but remember new york city still comprises 40% of albany That's, and then your city council, you've got, there's a gentleman, Joe, I forget his name on New York City
1: Council, but he's about the only guy fighting. (laughs) It's just so, it's so horrible to hear. It's hard to have hope, like you said. It's it's hard to hear that, especially when all of us have lived in New York City. We loved it. We had a great time there, great experience. It was clean, it was safe, it was a well-oiled machine financially, it was awesome. And to see where it's come now, it's I I, I have a hard time having hope to see things turn around. That's
2: why, you know, God created Florida. Unfortunately, Correct. a lot of people are moving to Florida, and I always tell people. Remember what you left and why you came so that after five months you don't start voting for the same nonsense down in Florida. Funny you say Uh, that
1: because Mike and I have friends that, you know, left New York because of what's going on. Just to go to Florida, they love it. Shocker. But they're voting back to how they did in New York. And I'm like, then why'd you even come down here?
2: Well, these are the same people, you know, and I'm not picking on people for their point of view, but these are the same people that'll tell you that socialism will work if you just give it a chance you know and that's kind of where we are and then people see what you know for example joe biden how he's living in a billionaire's house in tahoe on a government salary or he's been 50 years in the government they think that government is the way to go to do that and government is not shouldn't be for making people rich it should be serving the people that's why you should have term limits you know, there's a lot of different things, but you've got to make sure that your term limits are smart. Some states are not so smart.
1: Yeah.
0: I saw a stat on the news today that both California and New York lost one trillion in investments and they showed where they were dispersed. And it's all these blue states and all the red states are getting fatter. Florida, the economy's booming. Surplus. South Dakota, we talked about that. I I think uh, Tennessee, Ohio, I mean, this is the trend but that The you problem
2: is going to be, to Greg's point, the people that come down there get a crash course, because if they start voting the same way again, then we're looking at northern Nevada, Montana, South Dakota. And I mean, the problem is, is and I hate to be brutal about this, particularly in the last two decades, but Democrats that vote just straight Democrat all the time, no matter what. They're like locusts. They just destroy one carcass and then move on to the next. And, you know, and again, there's going to be some things. There's no perfect politician. There's no perfect policy position. But you need to be thinking about what is best for your family and what is best for your community and going outward. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of Republicans that also vote Republican that have no idea why they're voting Republican other than they don't like the Democrats because they look at them like the New York Jets.
0: Oh, your that's, all right, that's all right hey hey man hey listen the aaron Rodgers jersey is in my closet and i'm not breaking it out till september 11th so and that's we're actually doing a special september 11th episode too so um you know if you're around we can bring you back for that we'd love to get your your commentary and your thoughts on that man Well, I I got it. I'm ready. for I'm just telling
2: you, I'm a little concerned about your team because I think the AFC East is going to be the best division in football and they're going to wind up with a car crash. And then, uh, you know, it's going to be real. Look, the Jets defense, you just got to hope that Jets defense stays in order until they can figure out how to play offense.
0: Listen, Makai Becton is back. He's going to be the right tackle. Aaron Rodgers, the real A-Rod, by the way, the real A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers. Let's make sure we get that crystal clear. The real A Rod.
2: <laughs> I'm is, sure that if you Europe. had the other A Rod's bank account, you wouldn't be saying that. But
0: that's or, okay. I understand. Or I had his. Or I had his stash of supplements. You know, Aaron Rodgers. Well, you,
2: you can have the other A Rod stash of shrooms. I mean, you yeah, you <laughs> pick your poison. Look, uh, no, not getting off topic, but you know, that'd that's great. <laughs> I just will say, you know, I don't know how much longer we're going to go, but I'm just going to say, two th- one other thing I always wanted to, wanted to say is that when we were talking about this is, you know, we were talking about being a sponge for knowledge. The other thing is, always have one blazer and one suit. Nice. You never go when you're going to need them. And it's not about being uptight, this, that, and the other. you got to look the part. That's half the battle, unfortunately. <laughs> Should be more.
0: When we went out in New York City, Greg... Always, we always wore blazers. We always we wore, were on point. Always wore blazers. Always on point. Yep. I think when we started hanging out there, Ford, I know Ford showed me the ropes, man. Like, you, like in the parts of D.C. that I was exposed to, you mentioned Ford O'Connell's name. The red carpet was rolled out to you. It was, I'd say, it was an awesome experience. And, you know, Ford and I have both dined at uh, Cafe Milano on several nights, uh, but we never ran into our, uh, our our vice president or commander-in-chief whenever you had that dinner with those those oligarchs. and. I didn't see I, I,
2: I cannot the one thing you never say on TV is no comment and right <laughs> now, I'm going to say no comment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but here's one thing I want to cover before we leave and I, I know Greg probably has a few points but my last point is going to be the elections. I fear the integrity of our elections have been compromised. I I find it hard to believe as Donald Trump has he worked so hard and his rallies were so packed and Joe Biden went to three places with about 15 people at each place, about space six feet wide. And he won the election. And I remember watching my buddy Steve and, you know, uh, Virginia was an example. Trump had a, a pretty good lead. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like an avalanche, those numbers changed. It's like watching a horse race and the jockey pulling back on the reins. The biggest thing that Greg and I fear is that the, the Democrats have this on lockdown. And I, and I fear that you know, next year is gonna solidify their stranglehold on power. How do we, as common Americans, make sure that the integrity of our elections are not compromised?
2: Well, the Republicans were 10 years behind on that. All you can do is you can't whine about the past. You can try to catch up. That's what I was talking about, trying to catch up on the ballot mechanics with the Democrats. And I'll say this, most likely, only five states are going to decide this election. I could go to sleep right now and wake up and tell you 45 states have already been decided. So I think the key is for everyone is to know what those five states are. So if you've got friends, family, X, Y, Z, or maybe you want to go work the final two weeks on a statewide campaign with the ballots and do different things. You you're looking at Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Nevada. Um, That's really where we are. That is the difference. Because remember, we went through the midterms and everyone's like, red tsunami, this, that, the other. Yeah, the Republicans actually did quite well in the national vote and did well when it came to the House of Representatives. Do you know at the end of the day that only one Senate seat changed hands? All that billions of dollars in one Senate seat changed hands? I mean, the Republicans did better, but they definitely underachieved expectations. 100%. And, you know, where they underachieved expectations, with the exception of Ron Johnson, a senator from Wisconsin winning, what I tell people is, where do they underachieve expectations? In the five states that are going to decide the election in 2024. Remember, Arizona and Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Nevada. Maybe Michigan, but Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, kind of right there.
1: On this topic, simple question, do you think this election is going to be fair?
2: I don't think that we've had free and fair elections for quite some time. And what do I mean by that? I'm not talking about voting machines. That's mm-hmm. down the line. I'm just talking about the basic media. What did I what did I tell you? If only 47% have heard about the Hunter Biden saga, are we already having a free and fair election? I would argue we are not. And it starts with the media, but it continues down that road because elections are just like promoting and wrestling or anything else it's about storytelling and narratives and right now i've got an octogenarian in the white house who falls asleep in the worst deadly fire in u.s history and he's still the odds on favor to be the next president of the united states
0: that's unbelievable
2: even if the republicans pick someone other than trump i'm very bullish on trump I'm a little partial to Trump. I'm always partial to the Floridians when they're running, but you know, it's a little bit more, people think if you have someone else right now, other than Trump, then you can win. I don't buy that. I buy that Trump gives us the best opportunity. And if that ever changes, I'll come on here and do a cameo and tell you exactly when that moment is because you need someone on day one who can fix what is going on and unfortunately, being president takes two years to understand how to run things. And the, that was the biggest problem. That was the biggest failure for the Trump guys is they couldn't get people that knew where the bodies were buried in Washington, D.C. And, you know, it goes to Greg's point. You ask you why the military is going backwards. It starts at the Pentagon and in Washington, D.C., and you've got a lot of career hanger-ons. They're basically trying to, you know, get money for themselves and contracts for themselves and position their family. And they're not worried about the national security of this nation and the men and women who bled and died for us. Amen.
1: That was well said. Last question for me. What's in the future for Ford? What do we got? What What do you have your sights on?
2: Well, I I am always a student. I am learning and I am always looking for new opportunities. I think that the 2024 election is going to take up most of my time. But I am looking, you know, after this election, unless there's another run in Florida that opens up, I'm kind of getting out of politics. You know, I don't know what, what is in the future, but I'm hoping it's going to be bright.
1: Maybe we should open up a bar in Key West. Just throwing it out there. I think they had a movie called Running Scared back in the day. <laughs> Everyone wants
2: to open up a bar in Key West. My suggestion is we might want to start a little further up the Keys. Isla Mirada, or,
1: you know. Little, ah, little...
2: that's the fishing guys. And we got to have the boat guys with us on yes. that. There's a lot of different places that we could do it. We got to come with a brand and a set list. Cause remember, what is it? 90 some odd percent of bars and restaurants failed.
1: Right ours won't. Point? Ours will, ours well, will if beat come the come with a brand
2: in the, in the email list and we get the people <laughs> to show up and the spread of the word of mouth, and then, then it will always succeed. Well, awesome. Ford, you
0: did say you took the bar and that could be translated into, you know, I've never passed sport. the bar. <laughs> <laughs>
2: is that what you're trying to say (laughs) i did pass the law bar but there are bars i cannot pass up on
0: (laughs) yes and for more information on that you can go to our patreon channel where ford will be our special guest with uh knob creek night with ford um ford any final thoughts that you want to share with us i mean this is i've
2: really i've really really enjoyed um Talking with you guys, Greg. I know sometimes I talked over you, and you had some great. All ideas good. There, I, you know, I I just say that you gotta believe in yourself, and you gotta believe in this country. And if you do that, you're halfway to success. And remember, life is not fair. It doesn't matter who you are. And when you get knocked down, you got to pick yourself. And when you stumble, Rick Flair, when you stumble, you got to turn the stepping stones for success. And if you do that there will always be a new chapter in a brighter future.
0: Yes. And that is one thing that you can take away from Ric Flair, minus the four wives and the 10,000 women. Well, you know that he, In his case, he <laughs> created
2: his own stumbles. He sure did. But those stepping stones got better. He was on Fox Business the other day or on one of the podcasts, I think Liz Clayman. And I couldn't believe that Liz Clayman was so excited to hear Ric Flair drop nuggets of wisdom.
1: You can talk over me anytime. No worries. And <clears throat> I will say this. I will never give up on this country ever. You can't.
2: No. You need to be proud to be an American. I yep. don't understand American trashing. Agreed. I, I just believe that you should be proud, always proud to be an American. Then we can have a conversation as the Democrats like to say, we can have a conversation about the things that need to improved. There's no question. You always need to be working on improvement yourself your family and your country. But if you understand that, this is the greatest governing experiment in the history of the world. And I don't understand how we've gotten so privileged that we're willing to just let it go by the wayside. I mean, the fact that millions and millions of people are willing to break into this country just to taste what most of us take for granted every day, means that we should redouble our efforts and truly appreciate each day what we have, but that doesn't mean you should strive for second place either.
1: Completely agree.
0: We didn't even touch touch the border. I'm sure that's the whole. Well, we need to come back
2: and we'll do a border segment. because I like that. I don't know if Greg knows I'm very close with Tom Holman, who was our former border chief. You probably see him a lot. And there's a lot of misconceptions and a lot of word games, but I will, I'll leave it this way. This is the cliffhanger. What is going on at the border is absolutely criminal. And it only takes the president to get it under control and they choose not to do it. And not only does it hurt Americans and American jobs, but what it's doing to the illegal immigrants is absolutely insane. People like to say, oh, human trafficking. No it's not human trafficking it's child sex slavery you need to know what's going on and the cartels know with all the fentanyl the cartels are making more money on human beings than they are on the drugs and that money that they're making on drugs should be in our schools and in our military strengthening this country not weakening it
0: amen Amen.
1: pisses me off to to hear what's going on down there so we would love to have you back on that Amen. thank you i
0: don't know that
2: you might need a little x-rated on that one that is the one thing where i am i'm always passionate about being american but when it comes to border security we've been lied to for a very long time we started out being lied to by the republicans then we're getting totally lied to by the democrats and uh the mainstream media i'll tell you i don't know if you saw one thing is not getting a lot of traction Joe Biden and the Democrats are so worried that the Republicans are going to take the Senate, or that you've got certain senators that are going to be challenging West Virginia, Montana, a couple of places, that he's already selling off Trump's border wall. Plan. I saw that. I
1: just read that. I saw, I saw that. On the dollar. Who's that buying it? Who's on? buying it?
2: Does it matter?
1: No, I'm just asking because just I need to know.
2: But that but that tells you, like, a word for border security. They've been lying for two decades about this. And I'm going to tell them. I've taken on the Republican Party on this one. I will tell you, a lot of Republicans have no idea what's going on and ones that will tell you on the stump that they're going to do X, Y, and Z. And I will tell you, having been in that White House with Tom Holman and Donald Trump, he is the only one who halfway gets it.
0: Wow, ridiculous! Wow,
2: I was trying to leave us on a
1: song, you know, on a high note. Now you got me down.
0: Oh, uh, we're gonna get you back up there. I told because... you I was
1: the heel. I told you that's my job. It's the right. Mike's the nice the big, guy.
0: Here comes a big comeback. Right here's the hope spot. Right here, as we say in wrestling. Break. Well, when you guys just one thing, when
2: you guys go to the editing part or whatever you do, try to make me look good. Oh, we don't edit. Oh
1: man,
0: we don't edit. You are please. You you look amazing. Hey,
1: dude. you got the sport coat on. You win.
0: Yeah, you win. Yeah, I'm gonna have to come in with a wrestling mask. next <laughs> I'm gonna wear my robe for the next for the next for your next episode, Ford. <laughs> but Ford, when when are you gonna be like you know people that are listening out there you know we're always expanding our audience which we're very grateful for. Where can people find you these days? Are you mostly on Newsmax? Or are you on Fox? Fox
2: is Let me say that again. Yeah, please. F-O-R-D-O-C-O-N-N-E-L-L dot com. Weekly schedule. It obviously changes every hour, but I have radio, TV, podcast. I don't even remember what the schedule is anymore. Look, it's always a privilege to share knowledge with people. And I think that a lot of people that are in the punditry game and on TV, they really take their job um, for granted. And you can lose it like that. In, ter- in punditry, trust me, it's like being a starving actor. I mean, you can go up and down, left and right. But I think the sad part is that a lot of people who really made it, and I'm talking when I say made it, your Bill O'Reilly types, your Sean Hannes, not, you know, pick whoever, Rachel Maddow, even they start to believe the headlines about themselves and they get lost and they get captured in their own persona. They become captives of their persona versus remembering why they got into this game. And I'll tell you, I know you love Tucker Carlson, Mike. I'll tell you, Tucker Carlson's given rise to a lot of high end democratic opinion makers, including one Rachel Maddow. She used to be the fill-in when he had Tucker on MSNBC.
0: Well, I guess we'll have to figure that out for part two of Ford,
1: (laughs) the return
0: of Ford. Um, Wow, that's – it's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's – you know, in in
2: TV and radio, particularly at the highest levels – There's a lot of people that bounce around. I mean, you'll see someone go from a a host to a contributor to nothing to back again. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's become very much like movies and what happens when you're not a, you know, an A or B list star, don't have a lot of close friends. Because a lot of times I a lot of times I will go on for other people because when they were on other shows, they're trying to build back. We try to help some of those that are with us. It's tough because there's only so many hours in the day and there's only so many times you can be TV ready or radio on point And you just try to help everyone because very well it could be you.
0: <clears throat> yeah. And we're at the cusp, you know, Greg and I, we, we have our meetings and stuff and we'll pull back the curtain a little bit. Like, you know, we're, we're ready to take that next step. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've been able to connect with other, podcasters and other people out there. And and we're hoping we can do that to somebody that's like us one day, always pay it forward, you know, and um, I I think, I think you're right. And I
2: think that too many people, unless you get into a really niche industry um, people forget that you've got to look out. looking out for the future generation is good business for you as well. And people forget that. I mean, there's always that you want to give a helping hand, but at the same time, it also makes really good business sense too to make sure you're, you're training the next generation. It's one of the things I do at George Washington University in the graduate school. I teach people how to be press secretaries. I teach people how to do that. And it's amazing because lots of them have been in the United States House of Representatives, lobbyists, et cetera, but it allows me to have my finger on the pulse in other places. And you know, you can never give back enough, but you can also give back very smartly as well
0: speaking of press secretaries she will be on this show Kaylee McEnany will grace us with her presence one day I feel it I feel it she will be on the Man one day and I well good I won't tell you
2: how often I talk to her then
0: <laughs> well Ford um you know Greggy T any final thoughts
2: no
1: what part of Florida
2: are you in right now southwest Florida so you're you're looking at Fort Myers Naples yep no, but I I am big on the East Coast side as well. Look, in Florida, I love Florida. But I will say, now things can always change because there's been you know, a rise, fall, up, down of different regions of Florida. But I'm more of a South of Orlando guy.
1: Uh, me too, me too.
2: <laughs> That's you. how I look at it, South of Orlando. I got to be in the tropics, not the subtropics.
1: I agree. So when Mike and I do a podcast from one of the nine line store. They, they they're opening one in Key West we might do a show there. Eventually they have one in Delray. If you're in the state, we'd love to have you on. That would be, that would be awesome.
2: Hey, we, we will try to find a time to make it happen. Yes. The heck with that. I wish you guys the best success because thank you thank I like you. the format. You know, You're going to have to tinker with things. I yeah. have to say, Greg, your, your buddy, Corey, great. He was great watching that. such a good
1: guy such a good guy
2: yeah i can see how he has a very bright political future Mm -hmm. he knows how to message but he also practices what he preaches
1: yeah he does and he's very well spoken and he just speaks from the heart and i think that's why He's he's had such great success and he's always wanted to do this ever since we were little
0: good guy I Good hear guy. you. Yeah, And and Ford, we're going to do a podcast live from Bar Aqua with the piano man in the background. <laughs> that is where the podcast is going to take place.
2: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you may be re- referencing a nice water hole on 5th Avenue. <laughs> hey, well, I don't know.
0: <laughs> hey, Josie's on a vacation far away, and I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, well, Ford, thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. Uh, I'm going to sign off from the free state of Florida. Greggy T., uh enjoy your weekend in montauk
1: thank you sir uh, hopefully i'll catch a shark bird. off the beach which uh keep my record going and uh ford thank you so much from the you know the bottom of our hearts we really yeah. appreciate you taking the time and sharing all your experiences and knowledge it means it means the world to us so thank you thank well, you I so appreciate
2: much it, gentlemen anything i could do to help
1: absolutely listen stay safe and enjoy your night god, god thank bless you all right